on 89.9 The Light. You're in conversation with Clayton and the founder of Friend in Me is also also the Chief Inclusion Officer. I do love that. Uh, Louise Larkin joins me right now. How are you, Louise? I'm well. How are you, Clayton? I'm doing well, thank you. It's wonderful to have a chat to you and to hear a bit about uh, Friend in Me. So maybe the best way is to actually take us all the way back because uh, you're on a radio interview right now, but I believe this all started when you were in the car listening to a radio interview. Could you take us back to that and then tell us how Friend in Me actually came to exist? Yeah, absolutely. So exactly that. I was driving to work one morning and I worked um, in a very senior role in a big corporate organisation and I was driving along and there was you know, a mum on the radio captured my attention and her name was Beverly and she spoke on the radio talking about how her six-year-old little boy had a party and nobody turned up and as I was driving I thought oh my goodness how could people be like that how could people be so nasty that no one would turn up to their party to their little kid's party so I got to work and I it was kind of just playing on my mind and I said I messaged a couple of girlfriends and I said to them hey, I heard this story on the radio this morning. Can you believe this actually happened? How about we put on an event for all the little people that had never been to a party before? And that's exactly how it started. I just hired one of our little community spaces, which was just up the road from my house at the time. And we did just that. We just had a community event and sort of marketed it. And then Toy Story was on and I heard Friend in Me. I was like, call it Friend in Me. We all need a friend. Um, and we had 300 people turn up to that little event that day. And, you know, I was like, okay. And then I'd carry on and go back to my corporate job. And I did it the next year. And the next year had 700 people. And then I'd go back to my work. And then I just started thinking. It was after I had my second little girl, um, Florence, that I said to my husband, I was on maternity leave. And I said, do you know what? I feel like I actually want to make permanent change. I want to do more for this. Um, you know, for this space and create more of an inclusive world and really advocate for those families that don't have the time or the energy to be able to advocate because they are living it. Um, A lot of people say to me, do you have children living with disabilities or living with challenges? And I don't. I just really have the time and the passion to be able to advocate for friend in me. So my husband turned around and said, well, off you go. Why don't you just leave your job and pursue your dream? And so I said, well, I, I at first I was like, no, we can't do that. Oh, you know, carrying on like a wife does. And I just said, and then anyway, I ended up resigning. And here we are six years later and we are a fully fledged um, registered charity. And now we're doing so much more with our programs and our events. And there's a lot on the horizon, which is really exciting. So, and here I am. Still, you know, they say the average charity lasts about five years, but, you know, we're going six. So we've already surpassed that. So I'm oh. happy about that one. <laughs> I love that. That is so good. And and what a great heart and passion. And I think there's always going to be opportunity in, in these ways. Uh, take us through, uh, Louise, uh, I suppose, how do you... Uh, work out the the right places and the right spaces to be running these sorts of events and to be who to actually connect up with so we like to be an organization that brings kind of the magic and the joy you know there's a lot of organizations and we want to get children and families that 
aren't going through the super hard yards. We want to just kind of make sure that, you know, we avoid that and we kind of create these inclusive events. So they are getting bigger. We do our main community events, our big family fun days. Um, we previously held it at the showgrounds for the last three years. Um, and we are very excited that this year we're actually holding it at Gumbaya World. So we're partnering with Gumbaya World. So, you know, that the, the big family day is a big event and it's a fundraising activity where we still, you know, welcome everybody. But sometimes that can become a little bit overwhelming for some children and some families. So we also do smaller events as well where we target where we're going um, that they're going to be accessible, that they are going to be friendly enough to be able to um, support these children that may need that extra encouragement or support. So we do a lot of smaller events as well that are very targeted. So we use a lot of community spaces. But our big family fun day is like all is welcome. And we do try and do all the things to encourage it to be an inclusive event. So we have someone signing Ausland on the stage. We have a disability swing. We have quiet spaces where they can go if they've got a little bit of sensory overload and they can just go and, and have some time out there. But on the flip side, we also have a very bright, fun, colourful, we have over 50 volunteer characters that dress up as Elsa and Anna and Superman and Spider-Man and there's 50 or so of them roaming around, you know, just capturing the magic of these little boys and girls. Um, this year we had some rides, you know, fairy floss face painting, so everything that you can kind of think of that when you think what is it? What can we do to create this epic party? Um, we do at our fundraising days. So it's um, it's a nice little event to be on our map. It's, it's a beautiful event for me too because that's how we started. We wanted to put on a special event for all the little girls and boys that, you know, felt like that they were excluded or they felt a little bit left behind. So it's a bit like my baby and, you know, it is growing. But I felt like, okay, that's great. We can do this event. They have a good time. They feel included and they walk away and they might step into the schoolyard or step onto the footy field and they're still feeling excluded. So what can we do to make some more permanent change when they walk away from our events? So that's the sort of things we're working on now. Yeah. Uh, can you give us the, the tease of the things that you think will actually be in place at some point over the next little while? Yeah, so there's two major projects that we're doing. So one is an educational platform. So an online platform to start with, and then we have dreams of going out to schools and communities and presenting, but we would just like to, for, for the pilot, we want to do an online program that's just going out to community groups and businesses that's just going to encourage them to learn a little bit more about disabilities or diagnoses that children might have and how they can put that into their business and just show that they are willing to be educated and they are willing to show inclusion in their space. Um, for example, you know, just some, what would you do if you saw a little boy having a meltdown in your hairdresser, ABC, and just some tips that they can do. Like, do they go over to the family and just say, can I support you in turning the music down? Um, can we turn the lights down? Can I give you this little pack that has some fidget toys? So that's in the making at the moment. That's not something that I can write. So we're engaging with, you know, some people in that profession that are supporting us to write that. So that's really exciting because that can just be blasted out to people and just no one is ever going to learn about every single disability or every single diagnosis of, that, that we have because you just can't. But if you just take a little bit of time, 
small steps to try and understand what these families are going through, it can make a difference because I don't like my families coming to me and saying, I can't even go out for a coffee because I'm scared of how my child will behave and then how I will get treated. And that's not nice. Why is it okay for me to go out and take my family for a coffee and then they don't? So we want to just try and create that space where they can go and they feel welcomed. So that's one big project. And the other big project is um, we are very excited because we're going to build a community play space. So we run, um, we run our offices outside of Liberty Disability, which run across Melbourne and Geelong. So this is specifically for the Geelong space. They've got a big, beautiful backyard that's empty. Well, it has a playground on there, but it's not accessible. And they, they said to me, we have a dream of building an accessible play space. And I said, well, let's make that dream come true and let's do it. So we're building a community play space where everyone is welcome. It's going to have a little cafe. Um, where everyone feels like, you know, they can just be unapologetically themselves. They can come to a place where there's no judgment, um, you know, and just be able to be the family and the children that they want to be, where they can be comfortable and supported. So that is super exciting for us because that's also tangible for our donors and our supporters. That's something that we are doing from scratch. Um, which is what we're raising money for. We had a gala ball on Friday, our first gala ball, and, you know, funds that were raised on that night are going directly to this project. So there are two really big projects. I love it. I love it. And then I'm thinking, you know, we're keeping running the big events and we're keeping running the small ones and you're just constantly uh, having this remarkable impact, both from a top line, but also then from the grassroots uh, of asking people to think differently. It seems like... Uh, you, you, that's that's one of those big end games of what the idea of friend in me is, as well as the actual delivery of what it what you're, you're doing for those children, for those families in the immediate. Is, is that fair to say that they're the two big goals? That's exactly right, and that's you, you hit the nail on the head. That's all we want to do. And I got a lot of feedback at the ball the other night after I did my speech, and a lot of people just said, "Well, it's just baby steps, isn't it? It's just little things. If we can all make small changes in society, we're going to make a much bigger impact." And that's what we're trying to advocate for. Like, just try and understand. Like, you don't even need to, again, you don't need to understand exactly the disabilities in medical terms. Just understand that they, you know, they've still got a heart and have a conversation with your children. I've got four kids um, and they, you know, seven and down. So I've even got a, I've even got a little four-month-old baby and I'm still trying to build this empire, you know. So I'm, I'm you know, it shows the passion that's there. But, I love when I bring the girls into work or they're surrounded by someone with a disability that they actually ask me questions. You know, we were with a beautiful boy um, at our offices the other day who had cerebral palsy and he was talking to me and I could feel the girls like just taking it all in. And when we walked away, they said, mummy, why, why did he talk like that? And, you know, why did he do this? And I said, amazing this is the best outcome because now we can open up the conversation we can have a conversation that this is why and my seven-year-old turned around and said but he still has a heart doesn't he mummy and I said and that's exactly right and we still can include and be kind we just have to adapt to the way we include him Um, so I think it's just opening up the conversation so we don't have to 
you know, our kids aren't going in blind. So when they are in the schoolyard and they do see somebody like Jack, that they're okay. They're like, hey, Jack, like, you know, and just try and find other ways to be, you know, inclusive. And I think it starts with our little people, you know. I love having conversations to my girls about it. Um, and hopefully the world that they grow up in is a much more inclusive world than what it has been in the past because, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I know when I was in school, it was just all about, you know, you just don't even acknowledge them. They go to a special school and that's just what they do. They don't work. They can't do this. They can't do that. But now we've got more supported employment or opportunities to get jobs. And I think that, again, even though my children are neurotypical, inverted commas, you know, they still need to be surrounded by this so yeah. they can be part of that inclusive world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Louise, I, I think it's probably all going to direct to a website, but let me ask you, uh, there's three groups of people who might be listening right now and uh, the best way for them to get in, in contact and in touch. Uh, firstly, I'm thinking about parents of maybe children who have uh, disabilities in, in some way, shape or form and might want to connect in and find out more about it. The second group is those who say, you know what? I'd love to help here in some way, volunteer or, or find out more information or connect in somewhere. And then the final group's the one saying, okay, how do I actually help fund this? What do I do about actually making sure this stuff happens? Are we directing <laughs> all to one place, one website, or is there different ways for those groups to connect in? Well, there's always more than one way. So yeah, obviously the website, <laughs> the website, and if anybody's listening and can update websites, that's not my forte. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, we, you know, just on that, we're a hundred percent volunteer, you know, even I'm volunteer, you know, so that's just what we thrive off. Um, but yeah, www.friendinme.org.au is our website and I am all over socials. A lot, actually, look, to be honest, a lot of our connection comes through Instagram or Facebook and, you know, instant messaging there. Um, so we're always online and always, I love connecting. I also love connecting with the community. So it's not just about the community helping us. It's like, how can we help you as well? How can we give you guys exposure and how can I support you? I love the community connecting together and, you know, just like I said, you know, small changes, big impact is, is amazing. Excellent. So friend in me uh, at the website there.org.au or a friend in me as well on the Facebook and Instagram and all those the, yeah, all the various socials. Yeah. Excellent. Wonderful yeah, stuff. Here. That's exactly right. Oh, it's, it's awesome. Uh, Louise, thank you for your heart and your passion. It just bursts out of you uh, for this cause. <laughs> it is wonderful to hear. Thank you for the work you're doing. Thanks for the inspiration and for the, 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 the thinking change that each of us will have had even from listening to you today. We wish you absolutely all the best so you continue the work of Friend in Me and you and your entire team. Thanks for the chat today. Thanks, Clayton. Have a good night. Louise Larkin, the founder of Friend in Me here on 89.9 The Light.